Hello and welcome to Mega City Book Club, the podcast all about the galaxy's greatest comics. I'm Eamon Clark, and it's an extremely warm welcome back to the podcast from Space Spinner 2000. It's Conrad Lydon. Conrad. Hello. Thank you very much, Eamon. Exciting time. A full welcome back as I now find myself in stately Mega City Book Club Towers. <laughs> Exactly. So, you know, if listeners can tell a slight difference in the sound quality, Conrad and I are in the same room. Shocking. (laughs) We are upstairs in my little office in my house uh, because before we get to today's book, Space Spinner 2000 or Space Spinner 2K has now become Space Spinner UK. Oh, man. What's happened, Conrad? How come you're here in the UK? Oh, well, I mean, the vagaries of, of of video game development i suppose um i was i was i was very very lucky um over the summer my my co-host on space spinner fox was able to help me get um a job here in in england and so um in mid-august or so packed my things got on a plane moved to this green and pleasant land you know it's been really amazing uh, like I'm so into all this Anglify, all this English stuff, you know. I got this 2000 AD podcast. I do a lot of Warhammer stuff, all these things. And now I'm here where it all comes from. So it's, it's pretty fun. It's actually, I feel like it's given me, even just being here now, has given me new perspectives on some of the jokes and other things in 2000 AD from just sort of, I don't know knowing what what like different stores mean or something like that you know that 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 a tesco bag means something specific or something like that it's been a big difference yeah but it's been great everybody's been really welcoming i've gone to several um like fan events and and meetups and comic cons and things and it's been really awesome everyone's been, been very welcoming which is great for you know someone so far from home my my stuff from america has still not come yet all right <laughs> if i could I'm, I'm complaining everywhere i can about this <laughs> as i'm you know if you're looking for a victim of the international supply chain crisis like m- me personally <laughs> i've been affected by it but otherwise things are great <laughs> Fantastic. Well, it's a very warm welcome. We're very glad to have you over here. Uh, and as you say, you've been to the Southern Contingent Meetup. Yes. Uh, you and I went to Endless, a convention in Coventry Cathedral. That's right. And, you know, and of course, we had a Christmas Eastern Contingent Meetup organized by... Uh, book clubber um gary hill has, has gary been on your podcast no i i don't think so i have to get him I have on, to get him on. I, got, yeah. I got a whole list of folks a list. who i've now met and i'm like okay yeah we've got to get that guy in the podcast too you know the whole thing yeah no i know interested in someday finding a, a western and, and and northern contingent yeah to yes. figure out to go to these events for and then of course gearing up for for lawless in the spring as well lawless next year is what we're really looking forward to that we'll all be there um and you know, the other 2000 AD podcasts are available, but there's really there's two of note. <laughs> I mean, certainly you're specifically here in this one town of England. <laughs> we are both living now in the same town. We literally live about half a mile from each other mm-hmm. now. Astonishing. Yeah, yeah. Series, I didn't even know. It's a series of events, honestly. Oh, uh, well, it's a very warm welcome. Let's get to today's book because... I asked you to help me out by bringing back some actual 2000 AD thrill power to the podcast because <laughs> oh. I've done a little bit of wandering off piece recently. Happy, always happy to help, certainly. So tell me, what is the book that, uh, or the story that we're going to do? Today we're talking about Stranium Dog Rage. Absolutely. So this is an absolute classic bit of thrill power. Progs 445 to 489 uh, or thereabouts from 1985, 1986. Written by Alan Grant, Carlos Escarar, Letters. There's some Steve Potter, Gordon Robson, and Tony Jacob in there, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, because there's some gaps in between the different parts that we'd be talking about. Yes. I feel like they're handled by different folks. Or, yeah. You know, oh, I feel like like Gordon Robson's sort of the main letterer, possibly. Yeah, as he I was like he Kid Robson, he was credited yes. at, yeah. Uh, but yes, as you're right, there are some gaps in there where the story's sort of paused or there was, you know, one story ended. Mm-hmm. Um Editor, of course, the mighty one himself, Steve McManus, who you've now absolutely. met. Yes, indeed. Absolutely. Wow. Yes. Had a drink with. Yeah, had a drink with. I, I, I bought a copy of, uh, of, his, uh, of his new comic, uh, Blazer. Oh, right. So, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. You can find Rage and the stories around it in Strontium Dog Agency Files number three, which we've got a copy of here. Mm-hmm. And also it was in the best of 2000 AD issues, 68, 69, 87, 88. 
we think there was probably a standalone, possibly a Titan trade no, at some yeah, point. Yeah, there, there, there must have. I, I'd imagine there must have been. I, I haven't been able right. to find it currently. It's, there's a Hachette hardback, which is issue 34 of the Hachette mm. uh, Ultimate Collection. So there's plenty of ways of getting hold of it. Um, we're going to start with a huge spoiler warning. <laughs> I'm hoping everybody has read Rage and knows what's going to happen in the story we're going to talk about. But um, uh, this is, contains, I suppose, at least one, if not two, of the biggest bombshells in 2080 history, doesn't it? I'd say so. Yeah. 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 Okay, so huge spoiler warning. To, to say that without spoilers. Yeah. Get into it. Yeah. yeah. From here on in, there'll be spoilers. You've been warned. So, Conrad... Mm. We've got sort. We say rage, but we've got sort of three stories, haven't we? Yeah. Give us a quick praise here. What's going on? So rage is a is a period of of strontium dog, basically. Oh, I think something interesting, sort of in, in the history of strontium dog in two thousand AD, is that it's it's much less than it was, say say in Star Lord, where it's sort of a one off episodic thing. Strontium dogs really come in, comes into two thousand AD from the start, really with these series of long stories, whether it's Journey to Hell or Portrait of a Mutant or Outlaw, these sort of big ones, and so. The rage story is sort of three stories mixed together. There is there's sort of one framing story of a Max Bubba, which is a you know figure and his posse come out of come out of Johnny Alpha's past to attack him and his sidekick Wolf. Then we flash back to their first meeting with the Ragnarok job, which is a young Johnny Alpha going back in time to to Viking times to. Um, to fight Max Bowie before he does various time travel based shenanigans. And that's where he also meets Wolf for the first time and they team up. And then forward and the the big spoiler as as Wolf dies back in the is killed in that frame story. Then Johnny Alpha goes on just a, a path of revenge that I'm very excited about. It is. This is the ultimate revenge. I suppose I mean we when we talk about dread stories, we often talk about the dread epics, mm-hmm. where you go away from the sort of like single or two or three issue life on the street yes. stories, and he goes to these long epics. And you're right, Strontium like, Dog, Johnny. Yes, Strontium Dog is sort of they've just taken out a lot of the sort of workaday Strontium Dog, um, especially in this eighty like sort of early to mid eighties in Strontium Dog. Like it, they have a. a I'd say a moderately similar to dread like schedule of these big epics, but they don't really have a lot of the connecting stories, like the sort of one-off, like go after things. Like even in in uh, Agency Files Three, which has rage, there's a couple big stories before then. There's like the big bust of '79, and then there's like the uh, the Slavers of Drool story, which are yeah. also sort of I think five or six prog stories that sort of run their course then lead to the next one and stuff like that like the strontium dog stories are a little bit longer like even workaday strontium dog stories tend to be multi-part i think Mm. and i noticed reading it again this time that when we get to the rage part of the storyline the actual Mm -hmm. you know that's titled rage uh even there we do sort of get a couple of johnny alpha what you might call procedural jobs yeah absolutely yeah I think the notes yeah, this a little later, but but for me, the rage, the rage, the rage story specifically is where Johnny Alpha, where Strontium Dog is the most of a western. I guess I'm thinking of something like um, like the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, for instance, where there's sort of a larger story, but there's also peer- like episodes that sort of mark out the story or maybe the searchers actually is probably, is probably a better one because that's one so focused on revenge as well yeah, okay. where there are sort of like you can sort of actually break the movie into maybe four or five vignettes that are sort of linked together as opposed to just one consistent story all the way through and and rage is very much like that too because it kind of goes from johnny alpha sort of yeah initially going at like finding where people are then there's the space, the ship hijacking, and other things like that—they just sort of link it together. But but it's just one constant like chase or something like that the whole time. And it's interesting you say that. I'm going to jump slightly ahead in my notes mm-hmm. because you often hear Strontium Dog described as a sci-fi western, mm-hmm. and you you know you're absolutely right. When I was reading this again, I was thinking 
I was thinking of those Clint Eastwood revenge mm. movies. I was thinking of The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. I was thinking of sort of Unforgiven, yeah. Outlaw Josie Wales. But The Searchers is a good call as well, which is like, that's a vengeance movie, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's uh, John Wayne and, and John Ford. And yeah. is really like, I think it's, I think they're actually interesting counterpoints, I guess, because The Searchers is so much about John Wayne's search for revenge in that movie, sort of sort of twisting him and like making him into into a villain by the end, actually. Yeah. And I think so much of the or a big part of rage actually is Johnny having like a conversation with a ghostly wolf, for instance, and f- finding ways that even even as he searches for revenge, he doesn't tw- quite make that transition to becoming like a full like villainous character letting it sort of change him too much from 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 how he's been i guess Mm. i I think he definitely does change but not sort of to that extent i guess well let's talk about alan grant to start with because this is all alan grant on the writing as we said he's doing this uh, it's really quite powerful story of violence and revenge a sort of long-form story all on his own on this time, this one, not not with John Wagner. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you how do you find his writing and his handling of the story and the plot points in this one? Um, I mean, you know, it's really fun. Like, I think the, this is a really fun series of stories, especially like I'm thinking of like the, the the Ragnarok job, which is this basically caper sort of through like. The time caper. Yeah, exactly. Like through, you know, medieval Norway or whatever. And they're going, they fight like goblins and giants and um, like a, a, an attack helicopter from like the Vietnam War shows up halfway through and or like towards the end, I guess, actually. But that is such a lighthearted romp that's then bookended by on either side by like Johnny and Wolf being ambushed by the Max Bubba gang and like literally being killed in the course of it. And it, it flows really well. It doesn't really feel like it doesn't like, I, I could see big, big jerks and or, ch- or changes in the tone as being disruptive, but I think instead it really flows together. I think Alan Grant is a writer who I think, who I, really trust to kind of be able to be able to give you a heavy tone but also be able to lighten things up with that i think rage has real has we kind of talked about the different uh parts of rage and that they can sort of go from you know here's like a violent confrontation on the on the rainy streets of milton Keynes, mm. and it's followed by like, I mean, you know, as lighthearted as a space hijacking can be with, like, a movie star who's pretending to be French or something like that. You yeah. Know? I feel like Alan, like Grant has an instinct to kind of put things into leaven the darkness of the story as they go, even, like, before the final confrontation, like the, the little chums of Dave or something like that. Just to kind of to to keep things from getting too heavy in the course of this um, of these stories. Yeah, we get a few moments that are lighter, thank goodness, in a way, because as you say, yeah. it is it is almost. Well, certainly, once we get to the rage storyline, it's almost unrelatingly grim in a yes. way, isn't it? You know, it's very much this driven tale of revenge. I noticed that um, you mentioned Ghostly Wolf because having a partnership in a comic. A bit like mm-hmm. Doctor Who and his companions. Obviously, he gives you somebody to talk to. Absolutely. And explain yeah. bits of the it's plot. It's such a... I feel like it's something that I think gets forgotten sometimes, especially in a sci-fi setting. But sometimes you just need somebody to talk to, whether it's general exposition, or sometimes even just to have somebody to like sort of explain what you're thinking in situations. Yeah. Because I think especially in, in Rage, Johnny Alpha has a lot going on in his head that would be it would feel weird for him to sort of, sort of be have thought bubbles all the time or something like that versus a, a conversation i guess yeah and i think this was you know a period generally in comics mid 80s when people were trying to sort of not do the thought bubbles i'd say 2000 ad especially is yeah. very is very thought bubble light in comparison to American comics that yeah. I've read in this era or other eras too, I guess. Yeah, and of course we've got, you know, at this time we've got Watchmen on the shelves where, mm-hmm. you know, famously they were, gonna, they were not going to do caption boxes, they were not going to do um, thought bubbles, they were just mm-hmm. going to let you try and work out what the characters were thinking. And I, I did notice that, you know, they Alan Grant does use a little bit of ghostly wolf as a way. Um, yeah, just to reveal some of Johnny's character a little bit. Yeah, and 
if we talk about Wolf's character for a moment, um, I mean, this is this is one of the big shockers in the history of 2018. <laughs> a literally a larger than life character with a sort of heart for gold, heart of gold, yeah. with a slightly comedy accent at times, perhaps. <laughs> but I mean, one of the sort of most likable characters in the Absolutely, comic. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. What do you make? I mean, do, what do you make of the character of Wolf? I mean, the like he was always like I love Wolf in the stories, right? Just the old cucumber, yeah, and just being this guy who, you know, I feel like always formed sort of a counterpoint to people being so against Johnny as as a mutant in the stories. There's so many stories where Johnny experiences like prejudice for being a mutant and Wolf's like, oh, like these guys are jerks, basically. And then just casually hitting guys with a hammer or being silly. I think real Wolf Wolf High Point always, I think, is during the the Schickel Gruber job story where he like shoves a sock in Hitler's mouth when they're like taking him back to the present to be uh, to be prosecuted or something. I think he's just yeah, very much there, just like this this big silly teddy bear that could also sort of like helps Johnny fight and stuff like that. Um, I will say also, but it was interesting that they sort of give his like they also just give his backstory in the course of his death also because I feel like that is a I I remember having that question of when Johnny when Strontium Dog came to like 2008 when I was reading it's just like who why is why is this guy have a Viking like what's what's going on with that <laughs> why is there a Viking in this sci-fi western yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. and yeah. I think they sort of they answer it well in the course of the of the Ragnarok job I think yes it's just a great story great fun and as you say it's a bit of a time heist caper or sort of absolutely or- yeah it's it, it's a time caper but also like it's also a story of like just Johnny and Wolf like becoming friends, basically. Yeah, <laughs> sort of. Yeah, it's a great story. You've read through because you did. I think you've done the prog slog. And now you're sort of doing it again on. Yeah, well, I've done the first thousand or right. so. Okay. So I've read sort of, yeah, so sort of through the death of Johnny Alpha, and then to I guess the end of the Strontium Dogs story with like the Gronk and Feral and right. stuff. I have, I know, like, uh, like in eleven hundred or twelve hundred or so. That's when we deal with Johnny Alpha coming back. So I, I don't know how it happens. Okay, <laughs> like that, I'm, I, I'm unclear about. I, I, I haven't read. So okay, I, I have definitely read sort of the, the after effects of it, and like, I think. You know, not, not to get too far into other stories, I guess, but it is a really interesting foreshadowing of Johnny's death, I guess, when early in that final solution story, they revisit Smiley's world and have, have like a Johnny has a confrontation with, with a zombie wolf for yeah. instance, which is sort of, I don't know. Yes. I remember. Yeah. With some points on it. Um, in the, the TV comedy show space, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost character. I remember Nick Frost saying about in that his character says that in the, in the show about, you know, um, Staying up all night with Simon Pegg when he read about Wolf dying. I mean, <laughs> how? Which is probably quite probably what they actually yeah. did. No, it's it's incredibly shocking in yeah. the, in the comic, just because you know. I mean, we're sort of you know eighty eighty five eighty six is when two thousand eighty is growing up a little bit, but still, you know, it's still mostly black and white. It still very much feels like sort of the the kids com- or the more kid focused comic of the of the earliest days of the Prague. And so having, and I, and I guess, and, and there has been deaths in 2008 before then, like a, a Judge Giant died in mm. Blockmania, for instance, or something like that. But the death of, of, of Wolf, who's a main character, that's certainly a big difference. And then that he, that his death is so protracted, you know, I mean, they're basically, you know, Bubba and his gang, like, stake Johnny Alpha, stake Johnny and Wolf out in the hot sun, and like, you know, le- expose them, and then eventually there's like a moment where it seems like Wolf will break free and like fight his way out, but then is just gunned down. And Johnny also dies in the process. Like I wanted to mention, uh, yeah, Prague four sixty five is this is 
this one just section of strontium dog which is like the the saddest and roughest like section of this whole story sort of you know starts with bubba like sort of you know pouring water next to a to a to a a dying of thirst johnny alpha and then wolf dies and then johnny dies and it's like the end and then it's like two or three progs until they come back to strontium dog so that if you were reading at the time you got to think that you just think like that's just it's just a bummer end, I guess. I don't know. It's a big thing. And I should have gone back and listened to your episode when Fox got to this stage. Because mm-hmm. I can't remember what how Fox reacted to uh, literally I mean, the end, as it said. We I believe we, we picked it we, we picked it up in the course of the episode, as I right. recall. But it's very I remember us just talk going through this story and the like both the stories leading up to Rage and Rage itself was definitely one that was in our top spot for consistently for that year, just because it went on for a while and it was just so good for sure. So we'll come back to the last section of the story in a moment. Let's turn to Carlos's art, black and white art. Mm. Actually, I don't know. There might've been some, did they get the color double pages at any time? I don't know. I didn't see, I mean, I didn't, no, no, no. I can't remember. It's it's, it's all dread in this era. Right. So it's black and white all the way through. It is, I mean, you know, we've said from the original Star-Lord stories, which were recently reprinted in hardback, that Mm -hmm. Carlos and the character sort of hit the ground running. It was like almost perfectly realized right from the start. Mm -hmm. But I mean, mid-80s, black and white Carlos Escara art on Strontium Dog, sort of, it's peak stuff. It's pretty amazing. Yes. You know, and... Even beyond Johnny and Wolf, just this story gives him a chance to draw some really amazing things in the course of the story. Especially if you conclude the Ragnarok job, which is a fantasy epic, basically. It's yeah. full of full of Vikings and long ships and trolls and monsters and like uh, and um you know uh, and eventually attack helicopters and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some great examples of just mutant art, I guess. I really love, like, like British... It, it, it's so funny, there's this divide between American mutants and British mutants, where U.S. mutants are the X-Men, basically. They're all, they're all beautiful people, yeah. you know, uh, in, 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 in prime condition, whereas, whereas British mutants are much more, like, lumpy and weird or have, you know, st- like, strange bodies and things like that. I think give them a lot of character yeah. and really light. And especially in the course of Rage, where we're going after this mutant gang, like, just the variety of the characters and stuff is really interesting. Mm. Mid and face McNulty, obviously, yeah. But yeah, p- pops in briefly, and yeah, and then you go on to like to Max Bubba himself, who yes, I think from what I've I, I've read is based on like an advertisement of someone who had blown a giant like bubble of like bubble gum and and it splashed onto their face basically. It's only what he looks like. He looks yeah. like his face is like that sort of bubble gum melted over his yes. face look. Yeah, I mean you know uh, we've said it's Pete Carlos. His character work, the the look of the Max Bubba gang is great. Yeah, and then just Johnny Alpha as well, of just the like the feeling of like anger and emotion and stuff. There's a like actually right at the start of the Rage story, Johnny is in uh, the the doghouse, you know, the the space station base of the Strontium Dogs, and you see him sort of walking through the corridors as other Strontium Dogs sort of you know, express their condolences um, um, to him and stuff. But Johnny's just silent and, like, focused. And, like, those... And you really get a sense of, like, of the rage within him that he's just keeping under control because he's got to find out how to get his revenge and stuff later. And then later in in, in the story, you get these massive... Like full pages of just of Johnny like gunning down like a whole gang of bad guys or something like that. It's really great. I mean the the images of Johnny and his weaponry, but also as you say that particular killer focus, this absolute intensity and rage, literally the rage yeah. that sort of is in the is in the the artwork as well as in the script. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's completely and utterly no-nonsense. He cannot be distracted at this point, can yeah. he? You know, And there's a couple of the Strontium Dog agencies on the doghouse who suggest that they might go after Bubba, and Johnny Alpha <laughs> deals with them in fairly <laughs> short shrift, really, doesn't it? Um, and even, even the comedy diversion of 
is she Brigitte Le Bon, the, yeah, the, right. the film actress, yes. where Johnny has to basically um, deal with some hijackers on a ship. And it's, re- it's, it's like he's got to get to this world because mm-hmm. that's where the gang is. And it's just like I've just got to I've just got to sort this out so I can get where I'm going. Right. And even the Brigitte Le Bon kiss is just like you fine. Know, but that's yeah. that's I'm, I'm I'm moving on. Yes, <laughs> you know, like I can't let this distract me. That's the that's the one good thing I'm, I've felt or I'm going to feel until I, I get my revenge finally. Yeah. Uh, but it's I think I do think it's fascinating that the intensity is in his drawings, is in his artwork, mm-hmm. and you can see it when you get these pictures of Johnny. It's just like, you know, this burning rage Absolutely. and vengeance. Uh, and, of course, some of them, famous images, have made themselves way onto various T-shirts and so on. Absolutely. Um, that, that, that final because I hate you image. Yes. Sure. <laughs> I, the only problem is I'm not sure I want to wear a T-shirt that says because I hate you. It's, a bold, it's a bold statement just to walk into the grocery store with. <laughs> exactly. You, there's quite a bit of context we've got to give in Tesco's to explain <laughs> that to people, isn't it? Okay, well, we'll come back to Carlos's artwork and some grail pages in a moment. If we go to the sort of final part of the story, which is the rage story, mm-hmm. and we talk about moments in 2080 history, we often talk about dread moments. And as you know, I mean, I particularly refer to things like Fist of Dread. Yes. And, of course, uh, Request Denied at the end of the Apocalypse War. <laughs> yeah. People often come back to these big moments. This moment... You know, Wolf's death and then Johnny finally tracking down Max Bubba and we get the Because I Hate You panel. Is this is this one of the biggest moments, certainly in the first thousand progs? I mean, it's definitely one I go back to, I right. think. When I think of the of the sto- of these stories. Just that um that final section of rage when it's Johnny sort of showing down with both Bubba and like Impetigo Jones and I forget the third guy's name, but him sort of stalking them. He blows their shoulders off. They die sort of along like the, 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 the other two guys die along the way. That moment of like you think you think the story's over and Johnny's done one of those you aren't worth killing kind of moments. And then he does kill. <laughs> it's amazing and it's really one of these ones that yeah i think for me especially of these care of like this character is really one of the defining moments and definitely one where yeah i'd say like some of these other defining dread moments these mo- the final parts of rage are very much sort of the this is like the peak of johnny alpha this is like when you think about Everything this character's built to over the years, this is like a really definite like high point for it. Because we often have that thing about dread where we, you know, if we were talking to other comic book fans who don't read 2000 AD, mm-hmm. we've got a slight hesitation about dread because we're never sure if we're actually supposed to admire the character. You <laughs> right. Know? Whereas Johnny Alpha is a character, he's an oppressed character. He stands, mm-hmm. you know, he stands for the weak and the oppressed um Famously, often, you know, donating his fees for his various bounties back to the mutants that he's out to represent. So is this a better moment, in a way, to to sort of refer comic book readers to this story? I mean, I think, yeah, I think you're definitely on the... Hit the nail on the head that I think what's good about Johnny Alpha is that he's sort of an unambiguously heroic character, I guess, in a way that, that Dread isn't. Just, you know, obviously Dread, you know, built as a as a satire and so often, you know, only really a hero because of the villains that he ends up, up going up against. You know, I mean, as I'm sure you've mentioned a lot, and I, I know I've mentioned a lot on my show just that, you know, Dread at his base is, you know, can easily be a villain mm. in, in the stories in a way that Johnny Alpha usually, you know, isn't really. And I think, yeah, it's just that it, it, he's less consi- he's less a, of a consistent character in the, in the progs that makes him not sort of the go-to, I guess. You know, I'd love a modern Stranium Dog video game or something like right. that, bounty hunting in an open world or something. That'd mm. be really fun. And yeah, and I think that, like, for just getting a sense of how 2000 AD stories are told, these sort of you know, five or six page prog sections and stuff like something like these case files, I think are 
if not a better entry than Judge Dredd, that then a different one or one that like you have to explain less. Yeah. <laughs> I, guess. yeah. I mean, because again, I guess going back to to American versus U.S. mutants, like that is a that that is a theme in both of just that you know mutants are oppressed by human by human society or they have to deal with that stuff. So I think that is a a concept that folks who aren't familiar with 2008 can kind of get behind i guess and then space bounty hunter we all know this stuff too yeah and what i really like actually about the stuff about what we're talking about today actually is that it's got a lot of the history like part pieces of the of the larger story of johnny alpha and strontium dog built into it as well because like they do pop in on milton Keynes and talk about him being a hero there mm. right or go to Smiley's world where, where, sorry, where, where Johnny Alpha sort of made friends and helped people and things like that. Or, you know, talk about the difficulties between humans and mutants, especially like in Johnny's asides and thoughts and stuff, this sort of his internal feelings about not really wanting to, not being too keen to help humanity generally <laughs> after all he's been through and stuff yeah. like that. I'm going to go back to the Searchers movie, which I hadn't thought about until you brought it up, but I've been thinking about it while we're talking. <laughs> because, so Johnny's on his vengeance quest, mm-hmm. and it's, it's it really is grim and dark. And John Wayne in the Searchers is hunting for the abducted Natalie Wood. He, yeah. He's, the more you watch that film, the more you realise how racist his character is. Absolutely. In that, you know, yeah. in that film. And that he's so, um, I don't know what the word is, so single-minded and so sort of corrupted <laughs> by his racism that he actually intends to kill Natalie yeah. Wood. Yeah, because she's gone native, you know. But she's, she's been corrupted. Yeah, in, in, integrated into the society that she was stolen yeah. into. And yeah, and that, because, and so yeah, it becomes him becoming this monster because of his, he's so he's so focused on revenge and his and 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 his hatred of um of the Comanches and stuff like that and just that it 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 twists him into this pretty reprehensible person honestly by the end it's i mean it's a remarkable film i'll try not to completely spoil the ending of the searchers but at the end he does have a moment of possible redemption it's not quite enough to get him back into the mainstream of society because there's always those famous images in the searches he's always outside a doorway isn't he he's always outside he's never quite inside with the rest of the sort of common folk as it were i'm thinking that at the end of rage we get the because i hate you panel Mm -hmm. but we then get i think another page or two yeah and and he's talking like to wolf's ghost i think and you get him sort of reflecting on vengeance and is it enough because in a way we've said that johnny alpha is a sort of at his heart he's a good guy he's a character for the you know for Mm -hmm. the oppressed do we want him to stay as a completely driven agent agent of vengeance? <laughs> I mean, I think it's, it, you know, it's interesting because the final line is him thinking, like, to the ghost of Wolf, like, ghost Wolf asks, was it enough? And, and, and Johnny thinks nothing could ever be enough as he sort of walks off into the sunset. But I think that he also recognizes that, I don't know, that's sort of a, just a, a feeling of loss, I guess, just that, you know... It, it's him realizing that 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 thing they you know that's usually say in revenge movies that you know killing someone won't bring the other person back you know and I think it's him coming to terms with it but I also think that then that loss that Johnny experiences informs the re- like Stronium Dog going forward you know I mean not to get too far off the topic but like the next story after this one big or minor or whatever where he sort of helps like a a, a homesteading single mother and her and her son and you see a very like uh, Johnny figure out who he's gonna be without Wolf in, in that situation that I think is really interesting you know it's after Wolf that's when you get like Durham Red is introduced into the comic after that right mm. and so you sort of you can see Johnny trying to I mean not trying to replace Wolf but just having different relationships with people because he has to have you know because you have to interact with people somehow and it's harder when you, you know you, you've had a partner for a long time and you don't have them anymore I think and he has to come back from the rage in a way doesn't he yeah, I think he, you know I think he real yeah, like he can't 
there's, I mean, because e even if he, I mean, if he want, like, who do you get revenge against after you've killed everybody that's responsible for it? Yeah. You know, like, you, I mean, I imagine you, like, if you wanted to, you could find larger targets or something, but I think he recognizes that he's done, he's finished things with Max Bubba, and that's all that he really can do, I guess. Hmm. And I think that is sort of the difference in, in, yeah, in those two characterization of characters who are motivated by revenge. And he does, as you say, in the next story, he goes back in a way to that sort of helping the homesteaders, helping the small, mm -hmm. the small, fa the four small farmers, as yeah. it were, a bit like Shane. Here we are doing another exactly. one, Shane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's fun, you know. I mean, it's such a, I, I think it's such a fun thing of just the the sci-fi western. You know, we're we're recording this as um, as the Boba Fett show starts and stuff, mm. which, but I think it's generally interesting. I, I recently read a uh, an article that or a uh, a think piece that was about um, the early days of uh, Star Trek, the TV show, and how that was in internal, like the the advertise or the the log line to sell that to industry executives was a uh, wagon train to the stars, mm. right? Which was wagon train, a long running Western TV show, basically saying, "Oh, we're going to do that, but with a spaceship," and then that Star Trek. You know, I think it's really interesting how much the conceits of Westerns and these concepts can so easily become about also about aliens and, and, and ray guns instead of, instead of Indians and, and yeah. pistols, I guess. Joss Whedon with Firefly and Serenity. Absolutely, yeah. 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 Okay. Fascinating stuff. Well, let's, let's turn back from the really sort of dark heart of rage. Sure. We'll bring ourselves back and talk about the slightly more cheerful subject of grail pages. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> There are some peak grail pages in, in this run. Let's have a few to hang on the virtual walls of Space I mean, Kingdom 2000 I think, I think the big ones have to be... The, the first one has to be, it's a page 322 in the in the digital version here, but it is the page with Because I Hate You. Right. And it's this, it's the page of um, of Max Bubba, he's, like, Johnny's left him for dead, and there's this page where, like, they, he's in the hospital, and he thinks, like, oh, I've, he's just let me go, this is awesome, and he's, like, walks out, like, I mean, he's so happy, and then, like, Johnny Alpha's right there, Because I Hate You, and then, you know, bl blows the four holes in his chest. <laughs> it's excellent. Um, I think for me, another big one has to be 101, which is the start of the Max Bubba story, which is Max Bubba and his gang rolling in to the town of Good Hope on their hover cycles. It's a very dark and ominous page. That Beautifully done by really Carlos as well. The hover bikes, the skimmers are great. Yeah, they've got big horns on the front yeah. and stuff like that. You just get a like because and just these all, all these different um different mutants and their different looks. But those I would say that those are my two main ones, I think, just the start and the and the end of rage. Um but like I'd say like honorable mentions go to there's one section in the Ragnarok job just where the helicopter shows up. This is this Viking helicopter story that I really like. Um, Deering Rage, jo like Johnny's in this truck full of crystals that make him hallucinate. Yeah. There's this picture of like, you know, all these oh, Max yeah. Bubba's and Johnny as the Grim Reaper and stuff like that. That's really awesome. But honestly, like there's just like looking through it, there's just so many different pages that I think are really great just because it's, it's really Carlos Escara at, 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 the, at the height of his powers drawing these all these different sci-fi settings and, and setups that are really great. Yeah, it's obviously astonishing stuff from, from King Carlos at this stage. So yeah, we'll certainly give you those pages and I will, <laughs> as ever, I'll post them. The Because I Hate You page, I've got no idea who owns that in real life. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure that neither of us can afford it. To I'm sure, no. <laughs> I mean, any like any of the pages, I'm sure it'd be quite just again, especially among 2000 AD like collectors and stuff. These have such a there's so much behind them. Yeah, you know. Well, wait, wait what's what's your Grail page? Ah, uh, well. <laughs> so my Grail page, um, unfortunately, I, I feel bad about this now. So I've got a page from Ooh. Ragnarok job. Um, I have got page one from Prog 451, which is Wolf being attacked by the goblins. Oh, yes, and absolutely. Part of the reason I wanted to record in here as well is because it's on the wall there behind you. Oh, that's right. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> Snake would have bit me, everybody. <laughs> this never happens, but there it is. That was my leaving present when I retired from work last year. Well, it's like, it's yeah. like, full disclosure, they only paid for part of it because it was a bit more expensive than they... <laughs> but, um, so, yes, I have got a page from the Ragnarok job, which of is... Of course, the, the literal growl page. Yeah, Viking Wolf being attacked by the goblins, and it's a title page, so it's got the title on there. It's got a little bit of Johnny Alpha just at the bottom, sort of behind Wolf, <laughs> and there it is framed on my wall at the moment. So, yeah, I do have a page from this. I haven't got a page from the actual Rage story because I suspect mm-hmm. they are... Very sought after, very expensive. Imagine, yeah. Yes, and they have some of the best images of Johnny Alpha you'll ever find by Carlos. But there you go, yeah. So I will post all these pages, all these images when this episode comes out and show people what we've been talking about. And we'll grant you those. We'll certainly grant you <laughs> because I hate you in the virtual art gallery. Sure, we take it. Yeah, yeah nobody else can take it now. <laughs> it is yours. I mean, it's just. I'm surprised in a way it's taken, you know, 170 odd episodes to actually get to rage. I mean, in I'd say honestly I think I think a big problem is that there's no um like specific book collection of it that yeah. you can get from the Rebellion site. I know they've done ones for Portrait of a Mutant say and and, and Outlaw as well. I'd love to get yeah, just a a rage one would be really great or actually probably a rage one with then Max Bubba and the Ragnarok job as well cuz I feel like that's provides essential background for, for for the story yeah a lovely glossy annual size hardback of that yeah. we no, it'd, be, it'd be pretty like it, it's a, it's about like 200 pages or something yeah it's all, a biggie isn't it be largish in terms of just 2000 ad collections i think so i probably should say that strontium dog search destroy agency files volume three is available from the 2000 ad store and mine says 13.99 on the back i guess it's 9.99 digital yeah at the moment uh, you've got a digital copy there, I see on your iPad. Yeah. Um, so it is available. Do get hold of it. It's one of it's. You know, I suspect people have, have read it. It's yeah, been- and I mean, honestly, the 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 agency files themselves are pretty great. Just in, even even around Rage too, sort of the the I really like the uh, the slavers of drool that come right before it. It's got some fun um, Egyptian alien kind of stuff. Um, like Mager Minor, I think is a pretty fun one afterwards. And I think there's some other um, interesting stories. Um, I think afterwards, I forget off the top of my head, though. <laughs> it's great. Um, it yeah. is a great collection. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Okay, so that is Rage. We've done it. Let's turn to guest projects and catch up with what's happening with Space Spinner 2000 at the moment. Oh, we're... <laughs> Space Spinner 2000. We're deep in the heart of the in the heart of the or towards the end of the early 90s, I guess, making our way towards the mid 90s. It's hard going. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, like I don't know. I'm I'm a little hard on it. We're, we've sort of we're in the process of recording. Um, we're right at the end of the famous summer offensive in '93, which is like. Big Dave and Maniac 5 and Really and Truly and Slaughter Bowl and stuff like that. Um, I will say that, like, you know, it's a, it's a maligned, it's a maligned section of 2000 AD. Yes. And I think then, and because of it, it's also a section that's sort of a little bit under investigated, I, I suppose. I, I mentioned a recent episode and, um, just that this is like the, like, 90 to 95 or or sorry like um like progs like 800 to 850 and then 850 to 900 are like the the least collected of the pro of like the thrills and the progs basically but i think we are we're still finding like fun stuff as as we go through it um as we're recording this we re- we're finishing up uh fire kind for instance right which i think is a really amazing story mm. by uh, john smith and paul marshall um and then that goes in the summer offensive goes in, into Slaughter Bowl, which we also really liked, uh, uh, which is another John Smith one, which is just a ridiculous. It's John Smith doing a John Wagner impression, I should say, but just a ridiculous story of uh, sports and dinosaur fighting and stuff like that. There are there are sort of bright spots in there, but also just a lot of a lot of slogging through things that are either not great or or have aged poorly, yeah. <laughs> I guess you might say. Because your last episode, as we record, I think was you were in May 1993, I think, of thereabouts, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, some of it's a bit tricky. Interestingly, they bring it out 
collections. There was a Firekind digital collection last year. They, they, I feel like some of these ones are just, they put out collections after, right after we've done it on my show, just to, or on, on Fox's My Show, just, just to taunt us or just to. <laughs> There's like, a Rider and Sleaze collection coming out. I know, it? yeah, yeah. Sleaze and Rider, which we talked about on uh, on the on the on my on the on, on our sister show, which is on, on the same feed, uh, Big Mac One with, with my friend Eli, where we're going th- doing a similar prog slog, but for the magazine. Yeah, they've just done Sleaze and Rider for that one, which I don't know. That was that that I thought that was a tough one, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, because I think since we had you on last, you've started the Big Meg one with Eli. And, Absolutely. Because um, obviously the magazine starts in 91, I guess. So, mm-hmm. you know. Or fall 90, I think. Is it? Yeah, right. Around right. then. But yeah, we've been, we're making our way. We're about maybe halfway through volume two of the magazine. Right. I want to say. Um, I think as this episode comes out, we'll be maybe at the halfway point of, or yeah, around there of a Childhood's End, the Judge Anderson story. And yeah, that's been really interesting, actually, just going over over the magazine. You know, obviously the magazine starts so strong with America and, and Young Death. Mm. It's been interesting sort of getting into some of these other stories and just how, you know, for me, especially just the differences between the Meg and and, and the Prague this time. Mm. You know, the Meg can be a little bit a little bit more violent, a little more like sort of adult or something like that. Although still finding time for um, some silliness and like an Owl's Baby and other things like that, which is always a favorite of mine. Uh, it's always great stuff, Owl's Baby, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, You've also, in the past with Space Spinner, you did Space Spinner Reaction. So you've done all of... We did the pre-band sections of action. Right. We've done the star lord thon which was a 24-hour marathon where we did all, all of Star-Lord. Amazing and crazy. Yeah, which I know you came on for. We had a lot of people on for. I only had to come on for 45 minutes. You and Fox had to do it for nearly 24 hours. I mean, it was very much like... But by the end of it, we sort of skipped and just did, I think we, we did the last episode right after the second to last episode as opposed to waiting, waiting, as opposed to waiting, because I feel like my vocal cords were sort of like at their, at, at their breaking point at that point. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I wish we, we, we don't really have plans for any more stunt things, I guess, at this point, though I'd love to do some more things. It's more sort of, you know, if if if, if, I, if I can get permission from Fox's wife to right. <laughs> do some of these things. I've, I've, I've had people warn me against a tornado-thon. Right. I mean, I suppose that's the other one that... That's the other one just, it's so connected to 2000 yeah. AD, you know, because it becomes 2000 AD and tornado afterwards. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously Black Hawk and, and, and Wolfie Smith did, lacked the long-term the staying power of thrills like robusters and and strong dog. dog of course yeah. um had in into 2000 ad but you know still that's the most connected but there's still like uh like i don't know as i as i learn more about british comics and stuff there's more and more stuff that i'd love for us to talk about mm. um like there's all, like um crisis for instance um or other non non um, two thousand AD related things, even like maybe like Warrior or Toxic or things yeah. like that, which are all these influential Brit comics that I feel like we just I know less about, just because it's you know it's a different country, and yeah, all that kind of stuff. Sure. And they don't get talked about a great deal, do they? No, I feel like you know everybody knows. V, I, I feel like everybody knows V for Vendetta, yes, and they know Miracle Man, which is now being I think as we speak about to be integrated into the Marvel universe. Yes, and collected again. Yes, yeah. but I think but I know I know very little about what else is in Warrior, what right. else is um like even how those split up really. Like just getting it to like seeing things in the anthology I think is really is a really interesting like I don't know, like an- anthropology of the comics, I guess, or yeah. just like seeing things in their original context. Yeah, that I think is actually the difference between the, the the agency files, for instance, for Rage and reading it, reading Rage as part of an issue of 2000 AD. They're they're, they're different beasts, you mm. know. The idea that that page uh, or that 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 prog I mentioned 465, where where Johnny where where Wolf and Johnny died, that same prog. Has um, 
Halo Jones and uh, and and Cannibal like and, and a cannibal like falling in love and like Ace Ace trucking pretending to be chickens and stuff like that like it's just a it's a different feeling mm. than reading it all as one big thing in a in a in a in a, in a big book of just one story you yeah know? yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Yes. I don't know. I, yeah, no, it's, it's, I, I got deep thoughts about these about British comics. Yeah, well, it's good. <laughs> and we like to hear them. And anthology comics are interesting, aren't they? Because you say you jump from something like Rage to Ace Trucking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and where can we find Space Spinner 2000 on the web and on the socials? Uh, Spacespinner2000.com will take you there. We have all our episodes. And then any podcatcher or podcast service kind of thing, you'll find Space Spinner on there as well, just wherever you find Mega City Book Club. I'll also mention our Patreon, which has advanced episodes and other, other content. I'm trying to do better at that. Um, but, you know, and yeah, just generally look, look us up and on uh, Facebook and uh, Twitter, too. We've got pages there. And you have guest hosts occasionally for some of the special. Absolutely, yeah. Yearbooks. I mean, you're, yourself as well. I believe we'll, we'll have you on quite soon, yeah. actually. But yeah, um, that's um, for all of the and for, for the yearbooks now, I guess. But yearbooks and specials, I usually have someone else on, which just buys more time for for uh, my co-hosts and I to work on the regular issues. And it's fun to have people come on just to talk about their experiences with these comics and stuff. There's so there's so many store or so so many people have have loved these comics and it's really cool to have perspectives more than different perspectives than than my Fox and Eli's because I think we come at them from a very different you know, as as Americans we come at it from a different mm. perspective than than Brits who grew up with these comics. Yeah. So here we are, the two 2080 podcasts of note uh, and in a way we're doing what you've just talked about you're doing the sort of anthology approach where you go start to finish so, yeah I've, i feel like even uh the first time i came on here i said that i feel like our shows are opposite of just you but know, complimentary uh, yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. Where, where we where a space spinner is just slogging through whereas magazine book club can sort of hop around and find the best stuff which i think <laughs> is excellent yeah and all being well if all Touch wood, if things remain well, <laughs> next May, uh, you and I will both hopefully be in Bristol at the Lawless Convention. Uh, so if you want to meet absolutely Conrad from Space Spinner 2000. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm around in England now, yeah. so whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I, um, that's something I'm really looking forward to. I haven't been to a ton of comic book conventions, period, but I'm trying to get out more and just, you know, the ability. And, and now that I'm, I personally am so focused on this 2000 AD stuff that... Being able to go to a convention that's that's at least loosely based around that with all these creators and stuff that I whose who, whose work I've enjoyed so much it's really exciting. Fantastic, Conrad. Thank you so much for giving up your afternoon to come and sit here and talk about Strontium uh, Dog. Good times, as you would say. Absolutely, yeah. The best of best of times. Best of times, and thank you for everyone for listening to Mega City Book Club. As ever, find all the links, including links to all of Conrad's projects at megacitybookclub.com. Follow this podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and the 2080 forums, where you'll also find Space Space yes. 2000. Uh, email me, mcbcpodcast at gmail.com, with comments, suggestions, or books that you'd like to cover. And uh, that will do us. Until next time, when we're passing judgment on another great book, it's goodbye from me and... Goodbye from me. And Splendig... Splendig Vothrink! Wow.